Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Facing. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need a pick-me-up? You need a drink of bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, Jacob said you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Privately, where we just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Uh, this week's podcast, we are joined with the illustrious Dale King. He is uh, one of the co-founders, owners of Doc Spartan. And not only that, but Portsmouth Kettlebell Club CrossFit in uh, Southern Ohio. And also, he is the CrossFit field team lead, uh, which is basically like an area coordinator type go-to guy for those of us who own CrossFit boxes uh, in his area. And uh, believe it or not, in Tennessee, our area goes to the middle, not to the southeast, like every other single thing in the world. Um, CrossFit likes to do its own thing. And it's probably, it was probably Dale's decision to do that. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and blame him for that. So welcome to the show. Uh, Dale, glad you're here. Thank you, man. We wanted, uh, we got to bring you boy, Tennessee boys in. We wanted uh, a <laughs> Appalachian American district. So we didn't want you guys going down. You get SEC and all that other horseshit. So we wanted you to come up. <laughs> it was, my first open, it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, Central? Where? We're Central? Like, what? In, in what? Are we Central too? Like, what? Right. what is, <laughs> um, it's, it, it always struck me as funny, but you know, do what you want to do. I don't care. <laughs> they could have called it the Middle East, I suppose. That would have been. Oh, <laughs> I like central better, maybe. <laughs> so we, uh, so you have a lot of things going on. You are a incredibly busy man. Um, and so um, I feel both honored and, and grateful that, that you've carved out some time to, to be on the show today. Um, so thank you for that. Um, per normal, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear about your journey. Like, you suddenly, you know, very influential character in um, the, you know, sports industry here um, in terms of, uh, you know, fitness and, uh, you know, CrossFit and all that kind of kind of stuff around there. So how, how in the world do you get there? Did you just like wake up one day and was like, you know what, I want to go like triple down on this CrossFit world. And so I'm going to do this uh, Doc Spartan thing that, that involves a little bit of that. And then I'm going to have a kettlebell club and then I'm going to do uh this coordination thing is that how it worked uh yes it followed everything to a t about 12 <laughs> years ago i wrote this all down and I've been hitting off checkpoints it's a very well structured and I'll thought put out it in my wish jar <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no man um i'm born and raised here in portsmouth 
and then uh, went away for college and then the military after that. Uh, what'd you, what'd you study in college? Where'd you uh, go? Any, anywhere? I went, uh, went to Capitol University in Columbus, Ohio. Um, very small, you know, D3 school in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then I started, played football for a little bit, uh, did ROTC, and then had a part-time job working a front desk of a gym. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So it was a cool way to like be able to do my homework and get paid and the whole deal. And, um, so I was 19 then. And so I, you know, I started in the fitness industry back then checking people out and, uh, later would become like a personal trainer and stuff as I was working my way through college. And then when I graduated, I'm talking Oh three now, um, went into went in the military and served a couple deployments to Iraq and then got out in 07. And then when I was in the military in 07, that's when I first got introduced to CrossFit. Mm. So that's how, okay. how did that happen? How did that introduction happen? So um, I was a intelligence officer with 10th Special Forces Group. And so I was assigned to be a support guy for those guys. And, uh, you know, they had learned uh, – CrossFit was really, you know, very small. No one heard about it, but it was very popular in the special operations community. And, you know, back in those days, I mean, well, hell, even still today, you, you pretty much have like a weightlifting camp mm. and then you have like a running camp. Um, and no one was really bridging the gap between those two. Sure. And I hated the, I hated the fucking run. Mm, uh, preach. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I love to lift. But this was like old school, like. Oh, I lost you. You went mute for a second there. Hold on, Dale. I can't hear you. Something happened. Oh, you got to unmute. We there? Sorry. There you're that. back. There you're back. You're all right. Um, good, so uh, you, you were saying Ohio. you uh, you hated hated running, and then um, there was no one bridging the gap. Yeah. So my buddies, um, they're like, we found CrossFit. They post these workouts every day, and it's like uh, CrossFit.com was kind of your introduction. Like your your friends were like, hey, check out this website. Yeah. So guys I was serving with, they're like, dude, that you'd love it. They post their workouts every day. And I couldn't like decipher the workouts. Uh, I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> and um, so they're like, all right, dude, let's just do it. Let's just all do it. Like there was no coaching. You had to like download MPEGs. To <laughs> oh, yeah. Those yeah. So you had to download MPEGs. Um, and they're like, all right, dude, there's a filthy 50 workout. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there is. So um, let's go to the rec center. We're going we're gonna to knock it out. We're going to knock it out. I'm like, yeah, man, that's super easy. Just 10, 10 exercises, 50 reps. Some of it was like jump rope, like too easy. Well, I mean, we all have that first CrossFit workout. <laughs> I'm like dry heaving halfway through it. Um I think something ridiculous, like 45 minutes later, I was finally able to finish it. Oh, gosh. And I was just like, all right, uh, whatever I've been doing has not been 
not been working. And um, that's when I fell in love with CrossFit back in 07. With the Filthy 50. The Filthy 50, dude. Sheesh, that, that's hardcore indoctrination right there, man. That That's a... Uh... That's not that's not starting with Fran or something, which is bad enough. But like that, that's a whole nother bad right there. Yeah, it's terrible. It's uh, then they were new to it too, so it wasn't like they had the. We were all like ignorance was bliss, and we were all experiencing the meat grinder for the first time ourselves. Mm-hmm. Did you understand that it was a timed workout? Like uh, so many people when, when they do the dot com stuff, like like Rich is, is has said that before, and, and a few other people that have on the show that was like, you know, we didn't realize that like it was for like time, like <laughs> we didn't, we didn't know that that was a. Th- I thought we just did the movements, and then like you know it was what it was. No, we I, I knew it was for time, and and being with a bunch of like Type A guys, you look you look for an excuse to compete at anything, anyways yeah and, uh, but yeah it was it was terrible completely terrible yeah do you remember what you did the next day i it definitely wasn't the next day but what i liked <laughs> about it was uh the um, memorable workout was uh i think it, it's lynn so the three bars of death okay so now i now by this point i'm was texting my buddies back home and one, you know, a couple guys that were college football players um, who you know graduated college and really didn't have anything to get into. And I was like, dude, this is it. Like, try this workout. It's bench press, deadlift, clean. Um, and that's why I really liked that. So you went from something like terrible, like filthy 50 was not completely in my wheelhouse whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Then you had, you know, bench deadlifting clean for time right. a little triplet uh, yeah yeah and then my buddy you know doing that for time and he got destroyed by it and he starts texting me how terrible and awful it was and mm-hmm. um so i was able to get a little bit of revenge on my friends who weren't as good as lifters as i was at the time so yeah between filthy 50 and lynn i, I was hooked man mm-hmm. i uh, i love that part about crossfit that like you know, Tuesday, you can win the leaderboard. And on Wednesday, you could bring in the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, people don't necessarily dominate all the time. I mean, we, no, de- we definitely no. have a few that try to trade positions, but uh, it, everybody finds some humbling experiences uh, yep. a couple times. That's for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There was a, uh, there was something last week that that we had at the gym. Um, I can, it, I can, I can faintly even, Oh no, I can faintly remember what it was, but, uh, it was way worse than any of us anticipated. Like we all looked at it and we're like, that's going to be bad, but like it was devastating bad. And it was some kind of crazy, like eight rounds or something. Um, and no, it was 10 rounds. And it was, it was, uh, my partner was like, when he got done, he was like, man, that, uh, that was like Fran, but like five times, like oh. to experience that. <laughs> he was like, I think it might've been traumatic. I'm, I'm, I might need a phone call tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, but yeah, it's, it's funny it's, how like no longer how long you've been doing CrossFit. It's, you know, still like, God, that was terrible. Like you should know by now the ones that don't look bad are going to be the mm-hmm. worst, mm-hmm. but it's, 
still still sneak on you you're like oh just a few reps no problem have you done any of the um this is a side side note um but uh or a tangent i do a lot of little tangents there um, have you done any of the new girl ones the cousins i have not yet i've been wanting to um i wanted to do what's the new one where it's like grace with burpees um, yeah uh that one's uh let's see uh there's gretel and isabel we gretel. had program last week yeah and i think gretel is the snatch and burpees and i think isabel's the clean and jerk and burpees both of them 10 rounds yeah. three and three yeah dude i've been uh i've been eyeballing that one i did the snatch one yesterday um gretel um, and it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> oh, I think we had a internet freeze again. Oh, I hear you typing. Back at it. Oh, yeah, sorry. All right, sweet. I, <laughs> I dumped that internet, man. I switch switch internet, so I think we should be all right right now. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so Gretel's fun. I'm gonna go back and do Isabel uh, again some other time, but but yeah, um, well, they all look gnarly, man. I'm 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 uh, excited to to get into them, but they all look pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I haven't done a lot of burpees in recent history, um, and that one was not enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even just three at a time is is not fun. I, honestly, I think those like sets of 10 and under are worse like oh like a big set of 30 like oh you know you're just gonna like slog it yeah but when, when you're like 10 and under and you make yourself go a little fast and <laughs> that's the worst or you think you can right. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right cool so you got introduced into this thing while you were serving um and then so you started with that group of people that, that you started with, you guys kept knocking out some dot-com workouts. Um, how did that translate into your ability to do your job? Like, did that, was it a benefit? Did you find yourself uh, being better um, like throughout your deployments and through other? Oh yeah. I mean, hands down. Uh, unfortunately I didn't catch it till I was on the, t I had done my deployments and had oh, okay. wish been doing it before, but I mean, the, the difference in the fitness culture that CrossFit brought and the capability it provided for, for guys deploying was, was night and day compared to what they used to be doing. And mm. like, to, to bring it full circle, like now, I mean, the Army has com completely changed their fitness test. Um, and it, their fitness test pretty much mimics a CrossFit workout. Yeah we have a guy at our gym who just had to retake his fitness test. I guess maybe they do it annually. I'm not, I'm not really sure how everything works. Um, and he posted his scorecard uh, to, to our like athletes page on, yeah. on Facebook. And he was like, ah, three more points away from all 100s or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was like, I'm so close. But yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing until just this week. And now, now you've said it too. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, in the early days of CrossFit, it, it was hugely popular within the military and law enforcement communities because, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it worked for, yeah. and everybody could validate for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah i mean it's it's that that perfect package really for all the things that you will need in a situation that might involve anything from it from endurance to 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 running, to catching, to, to getting people on the ground, to dealing with yep. some kind of heavy load and carrying a load, you know, all those kind of things. It's this perfect storm for persons who are in those active professions, um, whose lives are on the line. I mean, you know, it, we, we say it all the time. It makes you harder to kill, um, not only physically, um, but right. also, you know, in the midst of this pandemic talk that, you know, we still don't get to have a lot of conversation around, you know, um, fitness and the uh, health and wellness uh, that CrossFit provides also makes you harder to kill by a virus, you know. And um, and we've talked about it with a bunch of diseases for for a long time, but um, but even more uh, apropos at this time in life, you know. Very good. So your back state side, what happened? What happens next? So now it's like okay. Uh, made the decision I was going to leave the military and was like, all right, well, I guess I got to get a job. Um, <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure that whole thing out. Um, so, you know, I was looking at, uh, was going to go try to work for the government in various aspects, contracting or whatever. So I was like, okay, well, um, pretty much going to have to live in D.C., then an opportunity came available within the Department of Energy um, back my home, like 20 minutes from where I grew up. So I never thought I'd be able to move back home and, and really didn't want to move back home because there wasn't much to move back to. <laughs> um, so wife and I, my wife's from here as well. So we both jumped on the opportunity and, and came back in 07. Now, where, where did you guys meet? She, she we actually met high, yeah we met in high school oh man you're the one that ruins all these you know heartthrob <laughs> kids nowadays that are like this is the one and you're like you're an eighth grade dummy <laughs> snap out of it yeah yeah, yeah come on yeah we throw some stats rare. at you yeah yep but now we met in high school and then um she went to high state and i went to Capitol and the ohio all. state the ohio oh, okay. state okay the <laughs> capital T H. That's right. Uh, um, but yeah, man, that's, uh, we're, we're just a couple of small town kids. That's really cool. That's cool. So how long have you been married now? Man, a long freaking time. That's a not long, a good answer. That That is not, I hope she time. never listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, see, this is, it's not a fair question. And here's is it why. Not? Okay. Not. Yeah, because we we technically have two two wedding ceremony dates. Oh, you so, had COVID weddings too. What? what? We, well, <laughs> this is this is more of a of a deployment shotgun wedding. Ah, okay. Yeah. So we didn't tell anybody. So, but uh, before my first deployment, uh, we just ran and went to the courthouse and got hitched. Um, but you don't really count that, is what you're saying. Well, my point is, like, le- we, we talking legally? How long we've been married? Are we talking in the church married? So that's. Are you saying you didn't you didn't uphold your church vows the, <laughs> from, from the time you uh, you got married at the courthouse? Well, I think that's uh, that's for another podcast. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying I can travel this road if you want. If you want, I'm... we uh, cool. We got married in the courthouse in '04. Okay. And then came back from the deployment. We got married in church and everybody knew in 05. Okay. Uh, 
and then plus I'm not really good at math. So whatever 04, 05 is to now. So we're good to go. A long time. Long, that's what I said, a long so time. we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, don't tell her you're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not you're gaining you points when you're like, ah, I gotta, gotta get to one of these 10 jobs I work right now. Dude, trust me, she hears me rub my mouth so much, she's not going to find opportunities <laughs> when we talk again. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh that's fantastic so good so good all right so you're you're back you're still married you uh trying to find a job what what, what happens did you do you eventually find one uh, this is been yeah, yeah sorry i guess i got a job <laughs> um so i started started working as a contractor in the security space for Department of Energy, and um, it was just like a government job. It was a great job for the area, but I also uh, fell in love with CrossFit and kettlebells. So when I moved back home, um, you know, had this like you know nine to five job, but still really loved to to work out and train. But mm-hmm. we're still in 07 now, so I went to CrossFit, and there was one or two gyms in Ohio, CrossFit gyms at the time. Mm-hmm. One of which was a little outfit called Rogue Fitness. Um, mm, mm. And they would have free Saturday workouts. <clears throat> so uh, every couple of Saturdays, I would I'd drive to Columbus, which is like an hour and a half from my house. Oh, wow. And, uh, and do these free workouts. How was their equipment? Uh, was their equipment any good there at those workouts? Uh, well, at the time, there was, there, there was oh. no. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. No. Okay. There was no equipment. Um, and a, a dude named Bill was the owner and, and head coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's an Air Force guy. And um, he was getting his master's, his MBA at Michigan at the time. And oh, wow. we would talk CrossFit. And he was just like, dude, you can't find anywhere to get equipment for this stuff. Mm. Uh, unless it's coming overseas and you got to keep in mind too, like bumpers and technique plates and stuff like that was high end pro college stuff. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have that in your, in your garage. And uh, so the first thing, so he taught me how to CrossFit essentially. Like, I mean, taught me the right, I should say the right way, how to CrossFit. He was um, your first coach. <laughs> yep. Yeah. First coach. And then, um, just kind of keeping in contact with him over those first couple of years, he's like, dude, we found a welder who makes rings. And he goes, I found, a, a basically a, a dude who can sew in a small town and then start, you know, started sewing the straps, started welding the rings and then led to sandbags and led to, so it's been kind of cool to watch the growth of rogue fitness uh you know from a you know front row seat since that's since, crazy uh, yeah yeah and, and like bill obviously is a very 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 smart smart businessman but he started an affiliate and then bought the place next to his affiliate to do the equipment stuff and then took off from there wow yeah, yeah I, i'm not sure i knew that that whole story there um and so, so you guys are still buddies. Like you got, you're still. Yeah. 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 
He, yeah, I mean, we're not like best friends or anything, but he's always been there. I could always uh, reach out and ask him questions and, and ask for advice. And he's always been uh, someone that given me a lot of solid advice over the years. That's really cool. So out of those two, you decided to make a third. Is that what you're saying, Jim? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I would just go up, drive to Columbus, buy some equipment and stuff, and mm-hmm. I really kind of like geeked out over kettlebells. Mm. Um, Why? Like, it would to me. It was just like the most uh, elegant piece of equipment that you could do everything with, mm. uh, and that you didn't need. Uh, 300 pounds of plates and a barbell and you didn't need a rig, which this shit didn't exist in anyways. Um, so if you could just could take one thing with you and have the most impact on your fitness, that a kettlebell is it, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, then you have like different styles. So like RKC, which is like Russian. Well, at the time it's called RKC, which is like mm-hmm. hard style. And then you have like kettlebell sport and, where you're doing like 10 minutes of snatches and cleaning jerks for time. Um, kettlebell juggling, like I'm have a pretty addictive personality. So when I find something I really like, like I go, go all in kettlebell juggling. I don't know that I know about that. So imagine just doing like a regular Russian swing. Yeah. And then flipping it in the air and catching the handle. So, uh, every- so you're not like three kettlebells. No, 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 no. No, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just flipping and playing around, like switching hands and all that mess. Yep. Like doing the helicopter spin and through the legs. Oh, I've never done the helicopter. Yeah, dude. There's a, like the whole weird subculture around that. Oh, yeah. I guess I, I just play around with it when I, you know, get bored at the gym. Yeah. And then I usually get in trouble because they're like, stop doing that. Somebody else is going to start doing it who <laughs> isn't strong enough to carry that or something and, you know, yep. break something or we can get sued. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's probably a yep. thing. <laughs> so I, I started to amass this collection of kettlebells. Oh, and then there was um, only one gym in town. And I would bring, I would have to bring my kettlebell. I let like farmers carry my kettlebells in to work out with them. And then finally I was just like, you guys care? Can I just like leave these here and anyone can use them? I don't really care. Like it's no big deal. And they're like, of course, like, corporate globo gym no that's a liability issue as a matter of fact like we don't even want you bringing them in um (laughs) now that you mention it we also don't want you here with them (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know kind of kind of pissed me off a little bit i was like i could see that you know whatever so and then i was known as the dude who did kettlebells like in the corner Mm -hmm. and then this lady approached me and she was like hey i'm opening up a 24 hour gym in town. Um, I have no clue what the world you're doing. Um, but <laughs> would you like to teach people how to use kettlebells at my gym and I'll give you a free membership? And I was like, sold like 24 hour gym. <laughs> and I'll have to carry them in and out. <laughs> yeah, they're like too easy. So that was 2000. We'll say like, so this is summer of 09, probably. Mm. Uh, and then we just started like doing these like intro to kettlebell courses, classes, like mm-hmm. three days a week in the evenings, um, which are really just like CrossFit with kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Um, and then six months later, like the, we were outgrowing the little 500 square foot group fitness room that we had. 
Yeah. And um, a guy who was coming at the time was like, Hey, I got a buddy who has this like abandoned warehouse. He just stores his cars in. Um, I think like you could talk him into renting the space if you wanted to. <laughs> so I was like, and then now we're talking. So now from, I started in 07 to now it's like catching on like 2010. And I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I really don't want, this is Portsmouth, Ohio. Like this is the poorest area of the state. Uh, I don't like, I don't want this. I've got a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to worry about is a business. So basically I was like, fuck it. Let I'll, I'll give it a roll. And then, uh, <laughs> cause I would talk to him. I was like, all right, well, what, what's the worst case here? Like the worst case is it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then what will you be out? So I took $8,000 out of my savings, actually out of my 401k. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, I just bought equipment with that. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, if it doesn't work, then I will have enough equipment to have a sweet home gym the rest of my life. Yeah, win-win. And from there, it was like, all right, I guess I'm going to be a gym owner now. So how much longer did you work your cushy government gig (laughs) before you switched over? uh, Basically until 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at at the time, I would have a personal training client at like 530. I'd train the client. I'd go to work all day. I'd come back. I'd get a quick workout in, and then I would coach uh, one or two evening classes. Mm-hmm. And so basically rolling from five in the morning until eight o'clock at night, and that was the that was the quote unquote grind. Yeah, that's a long time to grind that. Yeah. And so what what pushed you over the edge to just do the gym thing? to make that transition? Like what, what, what had to transpire for, for that to happen? So a a couple of things, it went from like being a cool, something I was passionate about and love, which, you know, obviously I still do um, to where that began to take over all of my focus, even during my day job. And then, um, so I worked in the government, which every cliche you hear about working in the government is true. And then I just started, I just really started looking around and I'd watch older people like shuffle their feet, like their eyes would be at the floor and they'd just be like shuffling their feet down the hallways. And I was just like, man, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be somebody who's just like giving their soul for 30 years of their life, just hanging on because they want more retirement or they don't have anything else to do or like, and ultimately like some of the work that was going on was just had zero meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to be a, I don't want that. Like, that's just, I can't, I don't want that. Um, <clears throat> so, and that was like, all right, it's, it, I got to get out of here. And then, um, well, don't just jump, like be smart about your exit plan. And so basically, and then I had, you know, talked to my wife and I was like, well, if I can get the gym revenue up to this point, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm going to make less, but it'll still be okay. And, 
hit that target and then was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So basically you figured out what, what it took, what you needed to bring in to carry the, carry the family forward. Mm-hmm. And then, and then made the leap when, when that was at that threshold. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. And then, so it's still going on today, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So you went from, uh, you know, a handful of people or whatever, or a couple of handfuls of people to, to, a, a operating full scale CrossFit gym now, right? Yep. Yeah. When did you, we, uh, how did you make that transition from kettlebell club to like CrossFit affiliate? Uh, well, the short answer is getting smart about how to run a business. Okay. Um, because so my rent negotiation was I got this warehouse for 300 bucks a month. Mm. And then I told the lady, I was like, I'm not going to sign a 12 year lease. Like, I don't even know if this thing's going to be around in three months. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, how about this? Like, if we just agree to 300 bucks for six months, if it's still going by then, I'll gladly pay you <laughs> the rent that you're asking, because that means it's, it's, you know, it's got legs and it's working. Right. Uh, so then I, I was just an idiot when it came to business. And so I would just charge people $5 a workout every day if they showed up. Gotcha. Uh, and then I was like, well, five bucks a workout. I only need like, you know, seven, eight people a day to cover the rent. And then, you know, that'll be fine. So <laughs> yeah, it was like more like not even, not even paying coaches, paying and like all yeah, this other stuff. That's, that's facilitating a hobby. That's, yeah. that's what that is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, well, I'm not going to pay $3,000 for a, for a, affiliation fee where I can't not even know if I can afford it. Um, and then, you know, business kind of picked up and, and it was like, okay, well, we are doing CrossFit. We're just not legally calling it that way. Um, but it's, it's a mat to me, it was a matter of what, what was the right thing to do? Mm. So, you know, I'm using, we're using the CrossFit philosophy. We should pay, in order to, to do that. And that's, and that was the decision and that's what we did. And that was the right thing to do. So did you, when did you get your L1 in, in the midst of that? Like, so that you could have an affiliate. <laughs> so you- I actually, the first course I ever took was the CrossFit kettlebell instructor course. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I did that in 09 and then mm-hmm. probably got my level one in 2010, 11, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. And, uh, and so now I guess you're able to pay rent still. And (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny. I I love that mentality. And, and I, and I really, I get it. Like I, I totally get it. Like much much of my life is much more interested in providing for what I want to do, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like this would be great, but I don't want it to be my life. So let's see what it, minimally like what we need to do to make it you know sustainable yeah yeah, yeah i love that i appreciate that no and, that, and that's why i tell people all the time is like, why do i do this and like well i, I need to have all this and my ducks in line above like i'm like bro stop mm. like grow as you go like don't don't take a bunch of debt on that you don't need and don't don't come out thinking you gotta run 10 classes a day six days a week mm. when you don't even know the market like do yeah two classes a day 
and like so stuff like that but yeah man that's that's funny so all right so that that takes us up to present day there but then you have all these like other things that are going on so t- tell me a little bit about doc spartan where did that start? Where did that come about? How how in the world um, does that even happen? Was this like, I, I figure, here, here's the way I, in my mind I picture it. You and a buddy are sitting out back in the heat of summer, drinking a beer with your feet in a kiddie pool, talking. <laughs> and you're like, you know, it'd be awesome. You know, it'd be really kick-ass. And y'all are like, what? And and then it comes into fruition. Is it, am, I, am I anywhere close? Uh, I don't want to ruin that uh, imagery. <laughs> there, there is, it's kind of close. Is uh, it really? <laughs> I just make up these stories because in my mind, that's visually how it happens. Well, and- if, it, if it involves ideas around <laughs> beer, it's probably true with me okay. anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's um, I don't even so know. There, uh, it. One of my original members, her name was Renee, and <clears throat> she was making... Has it just since like, changed? Uh, no, her name still is Renee. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird, uh, <laughs> weird intro statement there. Yeah, yeah. Her name uh, was Renee. Her name uh, was Renee. Her name, her name still remains Renee. Now we uh, call her. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, making uh, like lotions and creams um, and then just kind of like super on the side, selling them to the female members of the gym. and another thing i was i was doing a buddy of mine we started a nonprofit called team some assembly required um so specifically for adaptive athletes so men and women yeah so men and women who uh, are missing an arm or a leg combination thereof whether from combat or car wreck or what have you Mm -hmm. um and just basically kind of funding their journey through crossfit Mm -hmm. And so we, I got to know those guys pretty well. And then what I started to notice was, you know, just imagine um, you're missing your leg and where your residual limb would fit into a prosthetic. Well, if, if you're running 400s, that can produce a pretty gnarly rash on that limb. I can't even that's, imagine, you know, but yeah. And adaptive athletes, you know, that's got to struggle through that every day. So I saw what Renee was doing. And then, of course, like you work, you own a gym, you see hands being ripped and you see shins being scraped off deadlifts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, do you do you think there's a way that you could come up with like an all natural first aid ointment? Um, and then we would just like sell it to the members in the gym and then be able to give it to some of the athletes on Team SAR. So she was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think I could do this. So she came up with a couple prototypes and, uh, we just handed them out to everybody at the gym. Just like, Hey, which one do you like? Does it Mm -hmm. work? Test this, test that. And, um, so we came up with our first, first aid ointment and, uh, let, so she lived down the street from me. So she, she came over to my kitchen and literally on a scratch piece of paper, um, we sketched out the, the details of the, of the deal and like, Hey, we're just going to be 50, 50 partners in this mm-hmm. and um, not supposed to be anything big whatsoever. Just be like a cool little side income for, for the both of us. Yeah. Just to help serve the people that you're passionate about doing something yeah. with, right? Yeah. 
That's really cool. I love that. We, uh, on this podcast had, um, Michael Mills. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, he helps out with mayhem and stuff. Um, uh, you, oh, probably a couple of years ago now, um, he was on here. I'm talking about adaptive athletes and in, in the CrossFit. I love this year that that's uh, a very big priority um, in terms of, of highlighting those athletes. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, so you developed an A plus product just out of the out of the just yeah out of the gate. Uh, the smell was great. The functionality of it was great. And then people were like, "Hey, well, uh, I used it on my kid's diaper rash, and it cleared that up." And then. <laughs> Uh, so they it's were telling balm. us, <laughs> <laughs> and they were telling us all these different funky little uses they were finding it for, and uh, yeah, that's what we came up with. And then um, we needed to find a name, and so I wanted to keep the Spartan name throughout the different uh, businesses, and that's important because uh, Portsmouth had an NFL team back in the day, and. Oh. So yeah, so back in the early 30s, there was Portsmouth Spartans. I had no uh, idea. Fun fact, they got sold, and they be, they are now the Detroit Lions. Oh, that's not as so, exciting. But. So it was, yeah, it was a way to carry on. Uh, <laughs> to, totally, like, everybody just tuned out right there. Yeah. Uh, they were like, who, who? Oh, Detroit. <laughs> hmm. okay. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, they've been dominating ever since. Ever since. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's how the the company came to be. So how? So help help me understand like the the scope of this company. Like, um, it it obviously started you know experimenting with a few people and like how how many units are kind of do you guys produce every year? Uh. Ooh. So the unit number is kind of difficult, but put it this way. So okay. we, we, we started the company uh, $200 uh-huh. and that was just with buying ingredients from Kroger's. Um, and since then, you know, we've been, we've been on Shark Tank twice. Uh, we've been on a bunch of other national. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. How was that? That was pretty gnarly. It was rad. Um, so, so on there twice. Okay. Yeah. We need to know about this. <laughs> okay. Um, my, my oldest daughter, um, she's 15. Love uh-huh. Shark Tank. Yeah. Like loves nah, dude. So we, like I said, so the summer of 15 is when we became an official entity. Okay. Um, exactly one year later, the summer of 16, we were filming an episode for Shark Tank out in Hollywood. Mm. Um, and then February of 2017, that episode aired. Of which we got a deal. Uh, Robert Hershevek is still an active investor in the company. Yeah. And um, I like Robert. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He really is a good dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a... I mean, they, we didn't apply or anything. What happened was we actually came back from um, the Arnold Classic mm-hmm. and got an email from this dude named Max. And it was like max something at gmail.com 
claiming he was an executive producer for Shark Tank and would like for us to apply to go on the show. And I thought it was like one of my asshole friends just playing like a joke. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, clearly if it's Shark Tank, they're going to have more than just a Gmail address, blah, blah, blah. One would think. <clears throat> Look the dude up, and like the first thing that pops up is this Max guy holding like two Emmys as an executive producer from, <laughs> from Shark Tank. And um, they were just like trying to find veteran-owned companies to, um, to you know, fill out an episode for them. Mm-hmm. So we put together this like ridiculous uh, casting video and they really liked it and flew us out there and the rest is history, man. So, well, so that was the first time? That was the first time. All right. And so how did you get back a second time? So what they wanted to do was uh, based upon the success of the company, they wanted to come and film an update. An update. That's really cool. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I've seen those little spots where they like to highlight people from the past that, that have yep. been what they're so we, we got to, Yeah, basically, yeah. So from 17 and that update episode just aired like four or five weeks ago. Really? Yep. Right. I'll be on the yep. YouTubes later. Yeah. And then it's cool because we get we uh, about we average a rerun on CNBC like every four to six weeks. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's cool. Man, very neat. So that's, I mean, that, that thing's going well then, huh? Yeah. So put it this way. So um, the whole year before we went on Shark Tank, um, we fulfilled 2,000 orders. Mm-hmm. Five days after going on Shark Tank, the five-day window, we yeah. did 4,000 orders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so awesome. it was like, oh shit! Like this that is, changed a lot of things uh, real quickly, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk about learning quick to uh, scale your business, huh? Yeah, you bet. And that's the thing, it, you know, be one of those you gotta be careful what you wish for kind of things, um, because you know we we do everything ourselves. So we handcraft all the products, we ship, we fulfill, mm-hmm. uh, we do everything ourselves in, in this building. And it's cool because uh, I own the building. Uh, like three quarters of it is the gym, and one quarter of it is office manufacturing space that we do Doc Spartan. So literally, we've got a CrossFit gym and Doc Spartan all in the same space. Oh, I got to come visit this place. So, yeah, man. man, that's that's just incredible. Um, just, the, I mean, you have you have everything there together, and um, yeah, it's just impressive. Like. The, the adaptability that, that you have, um, well, have had to have, I guess, like in, in your life to continue to scale and move forward uh, multiple businesses, but also like very differing strategies um, to, sure. to implement those businesses um, and to still fulfill product need, um, both not only members at a gym, but also mm-hmm. product need and physical product uh, for people who are buying all around the world. That's... Um, I can't. Yeah. I don't know how your head doesn't spin right off your neck at this. Well, <laughs> it, it wants to, and it does at occasions, but the, you know, the only reason I'm successful is the, the people around me. So I've got sure. like a, I've got a phenomenal team. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, the, you know, the GM at the gym, whether it's my partner with Renee at Doc Spartan, you know, the coaches, employees jumping in and, uh, 
everybody's just a really good integral part of the team and mm. they work hard they have a great time and you know they feel they're a part of a, of a greater mission which which is vital yeah yeah i mean it, yeah and it's really cool like i love the humanity aspect of these endeavors like they're they're not just a simple you know like this is a business for a business like this is a business with a purpose and and each one of these purposes is making someone's life better um or you know helping equip them to reach some crazy goals in their life you know yeah 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 that's just that's just fantastic um i love that which brings us to our third piece of this puzzle which is you um and so you, you've got those two things, which I'm sure, you know, are really easy at this point. I'm sure you have plenty of time to kick back in your lazy boy and drink some beers every night and watch uh, the Portsmouth Lions uh, <laughs> play. Um, but then you also have this third piece of being the CrossFit field team lead. Yep. Um, which basically, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, which, you know, often am. But basically, you're kind of the go-to person for people within your. I always want to call it like a district, but it, 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 yeah, it is. District is actually the right term. Okay, um, um, but you're the you're the go-to uh, CrossFit HQ guy for gym owners in in your district, right? Um, yes. Why you? And like, how did that? come to play like were you in a vulnerable situation and like you were propositioned and you were like i guess i got nothing else going on right i mean this uh, uh <laughs> well I, i'm trying to think of that's fairly somewhat accurate um it? <laughs> now it was um so before before greg sold the company greg glassman the original founder sold the company mm-hmm. um he was doing Zoom calls with, this is during the pandemic, which I guess okay. we're obviously in the pandemic, early days of the pandemic. Sure. And um, so I got to meet him on a Zoom call and uh, he really liked what we were doing with Doc Spartan. Uh, and what I hadn't touched on yet is, you know, after the success of the show, uh, there's a huge uh, opioid addiction problem in Portsmouth as you know, I'm sure there is all over, all over the country. And the gym started working with an addiction treatment center and we started giving them. Oh, I know about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've read about that. I I haven't put all of this together in my mind yet, but yeah, yeah. I I remember reading about this. Yeah, man. Um, This was a big deal. Like this, this isn't like a a nonchalant thing. Like I feel like you're making it like this. This was a, this was a big (laughs) thing. Like, right. It, uh, it was very impactful, let's say. Yeah. Um, so we started doing CrossFit classes and then that turned into a beast of its own in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so put it, th- put it this way, like, so the, the gym became a contractor to the addiction treatment center. We built out a CrossFit gym for them mm-hmm. and then, uh, they're like, okay, we're going to run this pilot program and you guys do one class three days a week kind of thing. Cause this was, this was, this was paramount in, in a rethinking of the way people are treated, right? Like not, not treated in terms of person, but people who are in treatment, like this becoming a valuable asset. Like this is a, this is a program that speared like, or spurred on like people doing this on a more regular basis. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 We're, we're not the only ones doing it. Uh, it, it's, uh, there's several great organizations kind of doing it, but it's, it's made people rethink, you know, physical effort is a key component to people's individual sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that because there were a couple guys on the executive team that were members of the gym and they knew how important CrossFit was to their recovery. And so they're like, dude, we got to figure out a way that we can take this and give it to all of our clients. And that's what we did. And before that, uh, you know, I had a very negative viewpoint of people in addiction, um, just really kind of looking down upon them Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just blaming them for all the problems that our town has basically, but at no point had I ever like reached out, offered to talk or get a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. or learn more about them kind of thing. It's just always, it's always easier to bitch than actually fix a problem. Yeah. Same thing. Like here in Nashville, like we, we have a pretty decent, um, homeless population, not, not the greatest by any means, but like it, it's, it's an issue, you know, for, for our city. And, um, I got to spend a couple of years downtown getting to know people that lived on the streets and, you know, different prostitutes and all that kind of stuff, not paying them obviously, but getting to know them as humans. Yeah. Um, because I had a job that, that allowed me to the time and, and availability to do that. Um, completely changed the way that, uh, that I see people. Um, and there, there's, there's a lot of the stereotype. I mean, there, there's no getting around that there's a stereotype for a reason. Um, but there's also a lot of people who, um, are in situations, um, that were in fact beyond their control or they got something that was out of their control that spearheaded them down a really quick decline, um, that, that led them into a position. So yeah, getting to know people in those situations that, that from the outside you go, well, they obviously are, are lazy or they, right. you know, didn't care. They don't have a good family. Obviously they have daddy issues, you know, like all these things, right? They all deserve things yeah. They deserve it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, we ran this pilot program and then that's when we ha- got to meet and know people, uh, intimately that have an addiction problem. Mm. And so essentially, uh, one of the first guys that we had that, uh, came to every workout, great guy, hard worker. He, he was like, all right, dude, uh, today's my last day in treatment. And then, uh, you know, you won't be seeing me anymore because I'll be done in treatment. I was like, Oh, you know, super pumped for him. Like, that's awesome, man. Like, congratulations. I'm thinking like, he's already got a job lined up and he's good to go. And, and so I said, all right, dude, well, we're, uh, what's the next step? He's like, well, uh, I'm checking myself into the homeless shelter tomorrow. Cause if I go back home, I'll end up relapsing. And mm. I was like, Ooh, uh, dude, I, I didn't even know where the homeless shelter was. And yeah. I was like, shit, man. All right. Well here, how about come to the gym tomorrow at 9am? I'll give you a, a broom and a mop, give you something to do during the day. So you don't have to like stay in that shelter any longer. Mm-hmm. You need to that was that was 2018 fast forward to where we're at today uh he's now a coach for me (laughs) at the gym um he now has a full-time job working for the counseling center uh has a great girlfriend has an apartment has a car yeah yeah um so you know that's when we really found out 
um, you know, that initial inpatient treatment is needed, but it's a longer term care mm-hmm. to get people sober, recovered, and, you know, get them back on their feet to where they can be a contributing member to society. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we made the decision for Doc Spartan that it's not like we're a big company, but uh, currently we have two full-time employees and, you know, anywhere from three to four part-time, depending on what's going on. And we made the decision that, um, you know, we only hire people that are in recovery. Mm. Um, so, you know, every order that's shipped and packaged and made is, is you know, by somebody, somebody who's uh, earning their recovery. And yeah. um, I'm in a pretty, pretty unique position because, you know, I get to coach those guys mm-hmm. when they're in treatment. And then I can essentially kind of cherry pick the guys who I think um, w- would make you know, great fits for us and help, you know, train them, mentor them along the way um, and, you know, get them to, you know, become sober long-term. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, you're, you know, they get, they get to where they can remove the bandaid and, mm-hmm. and then you get to help them learn how to use that appendage so to speak, you know? Yeah, no, it, and what I'll tell people is, uh, you know, God bless. I haven't had any struggles in addiction, but I've had my own issues and, and struggles just like everyone else does. Um, but I'll tell people it's like a lot like military, like, uh, you got basic training, which to me is the equivalent of in, in patient treatment. Hmm when you're done with basic training, that doesn't make you a super soldier. Like that's step one. (laughs) Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's phase one. And then you go on to what's called advanced training. And then after you get done with advanced training, you go to your unit. And then when you're at your unit, you get a, uh, a sergeant or an officer, whoever uh, kind of becomes your mentor and helps you straighten shit out. And you Mm. keep growing down this three, four year path, um, to where you feel like you actually know what you're doing. Yeah. That's really cool. And now you get to do that for all these guys um, yeah. that are coming out of that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that's just fantastic. Um, so that was produced. CrossFit HQ really liked it. You got connected with Greg. Yeah, um, got connected with Greg. And, and Greg then, was like, uh, hey, once again, you don't seem like you have a lot going on, <laughs> but I like what you're yeah. doing. So how about, here's a piece of this puzzle. I don't What happens next? Yeah, so- Greg, Greg and I connected and then Greg got disconnected from CrossFit. Um, and then one of the things um, that a lot of people, that was during the whole, uh, we're dropping our affiliate name. Sure. Yeah. That whole fiasco. And then CrossFit came under new ownership and they put this program out to where they wanted affiliate reps. And then, um, mm. you know, my name was brought up as somebody um, who would be a good candidate. And then they reached out and, and asked if I would, uh, want to do it. And I said, sure, I'd love, love to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you know, like at that point, that was probably one of the darkest moments as a CrossFit gym owner, you know, you're yeah. in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. uh, you've got, <laughs> got ownership changes, yeah. people can't even get to the gym. And then it's just a, it's a, just a, it was a lot shit show. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, man, I need as much help as I can get right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's any help I can give to other people, uh, I would love to. So, um, 
you know, just another slight tangent, but on subject is, um, so yeah, we, we started in the summer of 2019. (laughs) Okay. That was when we opened the doors and we did the thing that, that everyone tells you not to do, um, which is open a CrossFit gym and go, (laughs) anybody want to join? Um, so, which was fine. We're not, we're not above work. Um, and so all that hit, Fast forward to last week, <laughs> advertising, you know, on Facebook or whatever, there, there's somebody grabbed one of the, one of the ads and, uh, and, and wrote, uh, some of the effect of CrossFit. No, thank you. They have ties to white supremacy. Um, <laughs> and then linked some article and, and like, I, I I'm in charge of all the, like the back end stuff at, at the gym. Yeah. So I'd immediately go on and be like, that's great troll work. Um, I would love to pass on some more information about how we actually know who the wizard of Oz is instead. Um, you know, like just baiting the guy, like I, I'm not, a yeah. very, I wasn't willing to engage in the conversation that way. Um, and I was like, I said, but ultimately I think the diversity of our gym would be really offended by, uh, by your statements, you know, of us being a white supremacy group when right. our gym is not, even close to even look like that <laughs> you know like um and then eventually it like disappeared but it got me so hot i was so fired up um because because part i mean part of that was was this this idea that somehow generated that um you know all of a sudden everybody's terrible i mean it's the cancel cancel culture kind of jumping yeah. up there you know and 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 we had no intention of ever going uh we're not a crossfit gym because even if we didn't have CrossFit, we'd still be doing CrossFit. So why wouldn't we just keep the word CrossFit? It, yeah, it, it's right. a methodology and we're going to follow it, you know, like yeah. still. Yeah. Um, and, and I get people do what they need to do and that's fine. Like I, you know, do what you want to do. I don't, I don't care. Um, and, and so like, you know, we, we, we did, you know, make some post um, for the sake of our members who um, just, just wanted us to clarify, you right. know, like that, that, we, that they are loved and cherished and, and, you know, um, I've got no problem doing it because they 100% are. Um, but having that come like back out of the open, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You don't know me and you don't know our gym. Don't be acting like that all of a sudden we're some white supremacist. And I was like, one, you're a white male calling out two other white males who own a business who are our local business owners, (laughs) like (laughs) who contribute to our community, you know, um, pay attention to our, logo that will be in the farmer's market all summer long (laughs) we love our community don't even act like it um yeah i mean obviously you know there it just created a lot of a lot of weirdness there was some conversations like i didn't even i honestly couldn't wrap my head around a lot of it and like i called some other uh, gym owners around here and was like okay tell me why you are like shitting fire right now right because like somebody said something, maybe it was, you know, off color, you know, fine. Like that's someone's opinion. It's not our gym. He's not, you know, like there's, there's that whole kind of separation, like we're all individually owned and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, you know, and it threw a lot of things in a tailspin for a lot of people and lo and behold, what's that on top COVID. Um, and then, uh, I, I, I love the fact that you are doing what you're doing. Um, I think that it, it, there is a need for that, like in a big way. Um, 
I think for us, you know, we often feel disconnected from CrossFit as a whole, which is also maybe some of the reason why, like, part of it was just like, okay, that's a thing that HQ and Greg are dealing with and doesn't really yeah impact me as well so like it kind of goes both ways like I I would love some more contact um but I'd also like you know okay you know well I mean and that's kind of where CrossFit's moving towards right now is uh you know because it's a fair argument uh well why why do I pay this fee what does this fee get to me um all this other stuff, but, you know, there's a lot of work right now being done behind the scenes to really benefit affiliate owners. And one of the things is like, we want to give affiliate owners all the tools possible, but none of the rules. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here's all these tools you can use. Uh, We've found that they're best practices, Mm -hmm. but they're not a rule because I, I mean, I'll tell you myself, if, if, HQ starts imposing these things that I must do. I'm not going to do it. Right. Uh, Cause that was my spirit in opening this gym was I uh, really believed in the philosophy and the cause, but I also really believed in the uh, being fiercely independent mm-hmm, and being mm-hmm. able to run my business my own way. Right. Uh, but absolutely. That's very far limits in between. <laughs> uh, and there's a, there, there's a, some space in there that we can provide the affiliate owners um, and it's up to them to take it or not. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's a key part of this position. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the best things about it because, and I think it's good for, I think it's good and healthy for CrossFit as well to be so um, independent in terms of, of what, how you practice and how you use the tools available to you. Because okay. like for us in Nashville, we have a ton of boxes um, that are here, but they are also fairly unique in and of themselves of, of what they're good at and what they do well and you know, how they implement um, the tools that they're provided. And I think that's great because, you know, if someone comes into my gym and says, you know, here's what I'm looking for in a gym, um, then I can go, I I don't know that that's necessarily us, but it'd be really great for you to go talk to so-and-so who, who's an owner at this gym. And, and they are much better at that. They, you know, um, than than we will be you know if someone wants to be a crossfit competitor like it's probably not our gym that yeah, you want to go not to my gym either yeah you know but but like i know a couple that are really really good at it around here yeah um, man so so yeah i mean I, I i uh you know that's that's part of why i love being an owner in it is that the, the tools are there for what works for you and your community um in that, but also like, because of the community that CrossFit is, um, which I can only speak to Nashville, um, because this this is where I've lived, but my whole life, but, um, it's, it's so tight. Um, I was taking a pottery, I I still take a pottery class on Tuesday nights. And one of the guys is a coach CrossFit coach at one of the other gyms in town and does stuff with like faith RX and things like that. And and Uh so we know each other and, um, and we, somebody has said, Oh, CrossFit. They heard us talking. They're like, Oh, do you know so-and-so at some random gym around town? we're like, yeah, actually we do. (laughs) Like, We do know that person. (laughs) We've known him for years. You know, that kind of stuff. It's just such a great little community here. Um, that's full of, of just amazing people doing really cool stuff. Um, I love that. Yeah, man. That's, that's the beautiful part about it is, uh, you want to feel, you want to be able to do your own thing, but you want to be connected to, to something bigger and mm-hmm. something that 
provides a lot of value for folks. And that's exactly what CrossFit does. Absolutely. Yeah. It's transformational for me for sure. And uh, my partner. So that's why we do it. Yeah, man. Well, uh, let, let me, uh, let's take just a little quick break and then we'll come back And What I'd like for, uh, you to do is tell us how, um, we can be a part of all the things that, that you're doing, how we can be more plugged into doc Spartan, um, and anything you got going on in the future, we can be a part of. Okay. Great. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals. And they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. All right, welcome back. All right, so Dale, you, you have set the stage uh, hook, line, and sinker for all of us to be passionate and love about what you what you got going on. How, how can we be a part of that? Where can we connect more uh, with the Doc Spartan stuff? Um, with CrossFit as a whole, like, like what, what do you got for us? How can we be a part of what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, we, for, if you, if you're interested in, uh, the doc Spartan side of it, it's just real simple. It's, uh, docspartan.com. Uh, if you want to connect with us on social, the best way is to do that through Instagram and you just follow us at doc Spartan products. Um, you know, for me on the personal side, uh, Instagram is, you know, the best way to communicate. And that's my handle is Dale King dot seven four Oh. Um, and then, uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm really responsive to messages. If anybody has any questions, uh, on the affiliate side, uh, just on the, you know, working with people in recovery, uh, just reach out to me on those channels and I would love to love to help out. Awesome. So what's, what's next for you? Like what, what, what's moving forward? Are you, uh, got any, got any new, uh, you know, things on the horizon that. You know what, man? Uh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I am no longer having beers with people. I am no longer going to take, take, take emails. Uh, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, I've got a wonderful wife and I've got my twins just turned four a couple weeks ago. Oh, twins. Uh, See, they didn't come up in the story either, man. So I'm just uh, excited to, you know, just very grateful to love what I do and uh, have the freedom to be able to, you know, spend time with them as much as I can. Um, Yeah. not looking, not looking to, you know, open a 40,000 square foot factory and, and all that stuff. Really enjoying what I'm doing. Um, yeah. you know, we are actually, our annual competition here in Portsmouth is on uh, June 12th. And oh, boy. Yeah, tell us about that. Yep. So uh, it's called the Gauntlet. Um, and we have, it's sold out in like 10 days. Um, so we've got 34 person teams, um, who are coming to compete on Saturday, June 12th. 
Wow. Barbell Voodoo is going to be a sponsor. Mm, and uh, I'm fairly certain Roy has promised me they will be on site. Oh, maybe I'll have so to go like, sneak into the van and just come up and hang I'd out. I'd love, love to extend the invite to you. Uh, if there's, We're really good at putting on competitions, but we're really probably better at doing after parties. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, June 12th, it's going on my calendar. Man. Yeah. And this is an unsolicited uh, plug, but uh, going back to the tools, not rules, um, for both the gym and Doc Spartan, uh, we use, we've been using uh, Voodoo private label for our stuff. Mm. And uh, it's, I'm telling you, the, the pricing, quality, and turnaround is phenomenal. Um, so, I really appreciate that. And, I was just uh, modeling my own uh, private label here that I'm wearing. Those of you that can't great. see a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Roy and the crew is great to work with. Um, and they they really understand the affiliate business. And um, they've done done outstanding for us. Mm -hmm. I, um, as an owner, love um, the ability to pre-sale. And yes. having such a good quick turnaround. Um, for us, outside of our, our annual whatever you know, shirt and stuff we do for the year. Um, our pre-sale stuff like Murph shirts and all of that kind of stuff is so great to just, we have an image. This is what it's going to look like. You know, this is going to be the cost and pre-sale it. And it's, it's a great way for uh, gym owners to do that and not, not have to worry about, you know, sacrificing any kind of funds. No, and you don't want to, you don't want to hold any extra inventory and you don't mm -hmm. want the seven, mediums of the purple collar that never like you just <laughs> yeah yeah just, just just enough that's right we want, want exactly enough um but yeah it's it's great I, so the gauntlet so what tell tell us a little bit about the gauntlet like what what is that um what's the competition like what what do you have a certain style that you kind of use or is it just good luck when you get here because it's, it, it's so it's a four person team, obviously. Yep. Uh, two male, two female. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got a we've got a competitor and a not so serious category division. Um, <laughs> Is that what it's called? The not so yes, serious? not so serious. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and um, what we try to do this is our eleventh year of doing it. Um, wow. Yeah, man. I like to really kind of test being able to adapt on the fly um mm. so we don't release any workouts till the day of um and we've done everything from axe throwing to stretcher carries to truck pushes to uh just all kinds of random chaos and insanity um because to me you know after being in this space that long like uh your one rep max snatch and all that stuff. Just, I want to see what you can do really outside. See what you can do with your fitness outside of a defined fitness competition. Yeah. Um, so then that's when, and people love it. They love the, mm -hmm. they, they just, they don't want to know the events three months in advance and train for it. They, they right. just want to show up and be surprised and have to think on their feet, have to think and communicate and, and navigate as a team. And, and that's what we really want to do. That's really cool. So do you always cap it at 30 teams? This is usually it's, uh, usually it's anywhere from between 20 and 25. Okay. Um, but it sold out in a week 
and we were like getting death threats. Like I didn't, we didn't get in. And oh, this stop. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I was like, well, I mean, shit, I guess we can, we'll try to do 30. Cause it, Oh, and the other was the, the way we do it is um, I hate doing competitions to where your first events at 9am and then they run all the heats and then you do event two somewhere around 1130 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like you, you hammer and then you go down and you got to wait. Yep. So what we do, man, is like, um, you know, based upon my buddy, uh, Janetti, who did this called just cannonball style. So we'll you have do a buddy named Janetti, buddy named Janetti. Shout out to Aaron Janetti up in uh, CrossFit Endeavor. Is he in um, the mafia? He very well could be. Hmm. He very well, very well could be. I'm not Googling that. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just like at, you start and then you're done within 90 minutes to two hours. Like you just boom, boom. You just. Oh, wow. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Run straight through it. And uh, so how do you get the people like in the back to not be prepared as like, how do you keep them just as surprised as the people first going? So the cat's out of the bag. We, like we'll do a master briefing that morning. Oh, okay. So okay. Cat's out of the bag at that point. Um, but then the other thing is we'll tell them, uh, you know, so each heat kicks off like every 90 minutes. Mm. So you don't have to show up until 30 minutes before your heat goes if you don't want to. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to make somebody sit and wait around all day if they, if they don't want to. Um, and, uh, but of course they do. Cause they want to come see they do, they how the other ones it. are failing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, that way people, they can come, they can hang out. And then we're only going to take the top four teams to the finals. So, once you're done, then dude, you just crack open a cold beer and you just spectate and hang out. And, uh, you know, we've got teams coming all over from the tri-state area. And, uh, like we're able, like we're pretty unique location in downtown Portsmouth and it's a small town. So basically we're able to block shut down downtown for the day. Uh, -uh. And, uh how cool yeah, is man, that? Shut down downtown and our, you know, our streets blocked off. So people just come, they set up their little canopy tents. Mm -hmm. And this year, like the complete, like awesomeness, the city passed what's called a, uh, outdoor refreshment area zone. So basically if you're in this downtown area uh -huh. and you have a little, you go to a local bar and you get a little $1, uh, wristband, you can have open container up and down downtown. So we're, we're, we're excited for that. Yeah. And, uh, dude, we just like our, our whole thing was we're calling it gauntlet 11 back to normal. Like we just mm -hmm. want people to come hang out, be outside, get together, you know, throw down in the morning, uh, then have some good music and some good beers afterwards. That's awesome. I love it. So at least by this point, you can't be a part of it, but you can come show up and be a spectator and take advantage of the wristband fun. Just come hang out. Yeah. Just come hang out. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Well, that, uh, that definitely is on the list for this summer and should be on everyone listening's list to come hang out there. It sounds awesome. Um, and then obviously, you know, next year, how, how early do you do the registration? Like you have to get on. Uh, we we kick it off next year. March. March. 
All right. So, yep. so March, it'll be like sold out in two days. So make sure you, uh, <laughs> this next March, you got to get on it quick. You got to stay on top of it. Yeah, man. Cool. Anything else we can be a part of, man? That sounds awesome. Um, no, man, that's, that's pretty much it, dude. I, I appreciate the, the conversation, man. Yeah. It was, it was great to hear your story, man. You, you have had your hands in a lot over the years and, um, just done incredible things. Um, I have such gratitude for that of, you know, being a successful business, but also your practices are deeply rooted in helping people. And, and I love that. Um, that, that makes everything in me excited. <laughs> you know, like, Thank you, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Dale, it was, it was great to uh, chat with you. I appreciate your time today, uh, being on the podcast and, um, man, I can't wait for the gauntlet. Call. Yeah, brother. 11 back to normal yes all right well hey man thanks and uh we'll catch you uh next time i appreciate you man thank you so much hey thanks for listening to the barbell voodoo podcast on your way out please take time to subscribe if you haven't already leave us a five-star review if you like what you've heard and also leave us a comment let us know what's going on with you if you don't mind stop on instagram give us a little like on the ig at barbell voodoo podcast also you can find me there at fitby40.blog thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time